0: It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado, with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now here's Eric Looney. Just expectant uh, for this morning, anticipating uh, what God has in store. I think there's just a posture that we always need to have as believers, and that is on the edge of our seat. The God of the universe, the God that created all of this, is seated on high, and all things are under his feet, and he has chosen us, and he desires to uh, reveal himself to us today and use us as his vehicles of revelation to this lost and dying world. What a privilege that is, and so I think expectancy just matches that. So why don't we start with prayer, and then just see what God has in store. Father, we just submit this time to you and ask that you would receive glory, that you would uh, be seen more clearly, that your name would be lifted high. Lord, I ask that you would instruct us today in these basics of basics, and Lord, I I pray that our souls would ignite at even a greater level, and Lord, that you would be revealed in this earth. It's in the precious name we pray, amen. So, uh, this is our 10th installment of a specific series that I'm doing on Mondays and Wednesdays, and it's called The Glossary of the Gospel. And in this series, we're going through the basics, I said in my prayer, the basics of basics. This is, in a sense, what you would give to someone if they were a new believer, they had just come into the kingdom of heaven, and you're walking them through sort of the most important foundational ideas to establish, to root, and to ground their soul. And it's also really good for us as older believers to take these things and recognize these are the things that we would want to not only see uh, installed in our own life, but to be passed on to those that we are discipling. So this particular uh, episode, installment, is called The Kite. Uh, For those of you that are in our local church, you'd recognize that I did a uh, sermon on a kite uh, a few weeks ago. I don't actually know how long ago it was. Could have been a couple months ago. Uh, But I had that really cool Mary Poppins song, uh, Let's Go Fly a Kite. I had the lyrics on the screen. It was a really fun moment. And uh, so I don't have the lyrics uh, for that song today, so I'm sorry uh, about that, uh, that I don't have that for you. Because I know that some of you really wish I had that, but I, I don't. So... I'm going to just sort of give you an overview of where we're going with this one. Uh, The key terms today, authority, submission, and liberty. It's interesting because those three don't usually go together. Uh, It's a funny mixture. It's like some weird stew that I'm making today uh, with authority, submission, and liberty. I'm trying to think what an odd stew would be, like bananas, beef, and uh, what would be something else you'd stick in that would be really weird? You're a great chef, Linnea. What would you not stick in with bananas and beef? Beans? (laughs) That is terrible. That's sort of like this. They're all just normal food groups, and eating them by themselves and having a teaching on them by themselves is totally normal. But to mix them all together creates a funny stew. And yet, it's really not a funny stew. It just sounds at first as if it's a banana beef, bean, stew. That, that is an alliteration too. Is that why you chose beans? Okay, that was good. That still worked though too. The, that's going to be a great message. Maybe a book someday. The banana, beef, and bean stew. See, Some of you are already starting to think through how we could market that. Uh, so these are the, the terms I would like to use today. Uh, they all seem sort of mutually exclusive, like authority and submission. They go together, but they seem to be opposite ends of the spectrum. In other words, you have someone who's the boss, and then someone who needs to submit. And so the two are very, en- very different ends of the same spectrum. Uh, and then liberty—how does that fit into this? And that's where the kite uh, becomes important because the kite reveals all of these things. Uh, with a kite, and let me give you the official definition of a kite: a toy consisting of a light frame with thin material stretched over it, flown in the wind at the end of a long string. Now there's different facets of a kite that make this come together, and a kite is very similar to a Christian, to a believer. So if you're a new believer, you need to recognize that there's different aspects of how you are built. You are built to catch wind. At the same time, you are tethered, and there's a string that is meant to hold you, and so each of us as believers is meant to be submitted to a string. At the same time, we're meant to catch wind and go where God leads us. And so how does that work? So the two parts in constant tension, one, a part that catches the wind, and two, a part which submits to the pull of the string. And so at first, these seem to be like that odd stew How could these things go together? Hey, if the wind is blowing, that kite just needs to catch it and go where it leads. And yet, at the same time, if it doesn't have that string, all the fun of kite play is lost. So both parts are desperately needed. If it doesn't catch wind, what happens to the kite? It just lies there dead. If it doesn't heed the restraint of the string, it is lost. Now, for those of you that know my kite uh, flying history... uh, which uh, wasn't very long because I wasn't a big kite-flying fan. Uh, My mom got us into kites. She got all sorts of kites for us. We had this huge park just over the back fence. We'd go down. It's this massive park. And so we would fly kites in a great area. I mean, if I lived there now, I mean, I could imagine me wanting to take my kids there because there were trees, but there was a huge open area without trees. But for me, I don't know. There was a strange phenomenon that I sensed, and that is that kites have a magnetic pull towards trees. So you go to the open area, but then your kite starts to pull, and guess what? There's a tree right there. It's very stressful for me. And uh, so as a result, I had a tendency to just rather, I, I would prefer just to leave my kite in the closet. Okay, I, I would just rather do that. Let it lie dead as opposed to the potential that it could get caught in a tree or that it could get caught by the wind and I could lose hold of the string and it could fly away. It was a weird Concern that I had, okay. And uh, however, if we don't ever take it out of the closet and let it catch the wind, there's no fun to that, okay. And I think most of us would agree that kite flying really doesn't work if you do it that way. And the same is true with the Christian life. There's a there's a parable of that's called the parable of the talents, typically, where these these different uh, servants are given a deposit of gold. And each one is maybe a different amount. But what do they do with this? It's sort of like us. We're given wind, but do we even choose to catch it? Because one guy was so afraid that he would mishandle it that he buried it in the ground. And God didn't seem very pleased with that model. And I think the same is true with us. We need to allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to catch our life and to lead us, uh, even though when we do, I mean, there's greater risk. It's, It's true. So problem number one that comes with kite flying. If the wind blows and the kite catches the wind and the restraint of the string is too great, then the beauty of kite flying is not fully discovered. So remember my three words. I had authority, I had submission, and I had liberty. So the first one is sort of like this. It's authority. There is something that God establishes as authority. All authority comes from him. And so, like for instance, in my life, there are multiple dimensions of authority that I have and that I utilize. And one is I have authority over my own body. And so it's called self-government. And so I'm responsible in my body to control my thoughts, to control my words, to control my actions. And if I don't, I don't blame it on someone else. I'm responsible for that. It is my behavior. It is my government. And so that's an issue of authority. In my marriage, I am responsible at a certain level for the way that that marriage plays out and how it functions, how I handle my marriage, how much time I spend invested in my marriage. Those are things I'm responsible for. I also have a family, so I have children, and I have a responsibility. It's a form of government. It's a form of authority that I, Eric Ludi, have been entrusted. I also have a training school that we're at right now, and I'm responsible uh, for this training school. Ultimately, if something goes bad, it comes back on me. Even if it was one of my workers that did it, because I'm over that. I have authority. I have a church, and I have authority in that. So all sorts of layers of authority that someone has, but that authority, just because I have it, doesn't mean I use it well. And so at every level, when you're a new believer and you're growing up, you need to recognize that you can abuse your authority. You could abuse your authority in your own life. You could abuse your authority in any relationship that you have when you're entrusted it. When you're a new believer, oftentimes you don't yet have authority in the church. But as you prove faithful with the authority that you have over your own body, over your marriage, over your family, then you are ready to utilize authority and to practice it in the church. However, if that... Let me read problem one again. If the wind blows and the kite catches the wind and the restraint of the string is too great... In other words, the wind is trying to blow this kite, but I have authority over that kite. So imagine the wind is trying to blow my children forward in life, and I'm like, no, no, I want you to stay five years old. See, that doesn't go over well, and so as a result, there is a hindrance to the flow of the kite. And so authority can be misused, but good authority knows how to let out the string, knows how to help guide it away from the trees, That's good authority. In other words, authority still is needed, and that's important for every believer to recognize because many of us, we don't really want authority. We're sort of anti-authority. I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want anyone having any input into my life. However, there is a need for a kite to recognize that without that, it is lost. It is a lost kite. So problem number two, if the wind blows and the kite catches the wind and the hand lets go of the string then the beauty of kite flying is not fully discovered. So in either way, if if the kite is held too tightly by the authority, there's no fun in that. There's no kite flying in that. The, The kite is just sort of laying on the ground. It's like, no, you're not going anywhere. Or it lets it out and just says, I don't care where you go, just fly away. Actually, that's not fun either. If you've ever experienced a runaway kite... I don't know, it's very stressful for a kid, sort of like a runaway helium balloon. It's like, no! Have you ever heard kids when they, their balloon goes flying off? I don't know what, it's like a certain sort of form, of, form of panic. It's like when you try and ponder eternity, that God has no beginning and no ending. Whenever you, as a little kid, you just start pondering that, and it sort of overwhelms you, and you start breaking out in a cold sweat. The same is true with the, the concept of the lost kite that just is flying over the rooftops and then gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Where do those things end up? You ever notice that? You never find those things. Uh, And so there's no fun in that when there is no authority in place and the kite just catches the wind and goes wherever it seems, uh, it desires to go. Now you have another form of chaos. So the tension, the tug, the pull, the challenge, and the battle for perfect balance is all part of the play. For each one of us, we need to learn how to hold the string properly when we're given authority and to not hold it too tightly, but to let it out. I need to let my kids grow up. It's actually, a, you know, at first it sounds very easy. Like if you don't have kids, like of course you should let your kids grow up. But it's weird. It's weird because you have a tendency to treat your kids younger than they, they are and to think that they're still, you know, in diapers and you, you, you want to you just want to feel needed you don't want to have to let them go and yet it's important that as a parent or as any authority you let your kids grow up the same is true with leadership in the church the leadership here at Ellerslie one of my principles is always make sure the ceiling is high enough so no one gets a crick in their neck here i am growing people up get stronger get stronger mature 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 and then they get so mature that the ceiling's too low i'm not giving them enough string And they can get a crick in their neck. It's very important, if you're going to train people to grow up unto full maturity, that you give them room to grow up unto full maturity. So the Christian. The Christian is a believer consisting of a spiritual frame, perfectly suited to catching hold of the wind of the Holy Spirit. Now, for those of you that are late arrivals, we're talking about a kite. And so... A believer is consisting of a spiritual frame perfectly suited to catching hold of the wind of the Holy Spirit and flying to the highest heights, all the while tethered and perfectly kept due to a humble submission to the word of God in text and the earthly authorities that are lovingly laboring to see the believer fly to the highest heights. In other words, both sides should be desiring. The authority and the individual under authority should both be after the same thing. Highest heights, hey, up where the air is clear. You know that 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 space up there, up into the atmosphere. You see, God desires to grow us up unto a full maturity, and so as a result, it's important that both the authorities, whether it be uh, parents, whether it be church leaders, that they recognize that there is a need for growth. There is a need for the spirit wind to catch and to lift and to mature. And so there's a need to let go of that string. At the same time, it's important that as you're maturing, you always recognize that it is critical that you are a life under authority, that you are a life submitted. So I'm going to give you a big word. Sorry to do this to you guys. And I I really don't like to dish out big words just to sound impressive. All right, But every now and then, it is fun to sound impressive. Uh, But that's not the reason I'm I'm giving it. Uh, This is a big word, jurisdiction. Okay, maybe say it better. Jurisdiction. I use this word a lot, and anyone that's ever worked for Eric Ludy knows this word, uh, and that is because I, when I studied constitutional law, this is the word. Okay? When you study government, everything is about jurisdiction. And the question is, in constitutional government, whose jurisdiction is it? Because constitutional government is always saying, all right, so we have all power in God, but God has then delegated and given power to nations, and then those nations give power to individuals. And for instance, a family is a jurisdiction. And the government, Donald Trump actually doesn't have any say in my family. He may disagree with how I discipline my children, but it doesn't matter. Donald Trump actually isn't the authority over my family. Now, he's the authority over the laws governing uh, my family, if you want to say it that way, in the, in the, in the society in which I live. But there's different jurisdictions. For instance, I, as an individual, I'm a jurisdiction. So it's called Eric Ludi. And do you know that you can't tell me how to live? You can appeal to me, but you couldn't tell me, you know, I want you to feel happy right now. It's like, it's just not how it works. However, you can appeal to that. Now, if I was unhappy and I bopped you in the nose, now suddenly I'm violating your jurisdiction. Okay? And this is actually where liberty comes in. You see, I have liberty in my jurisdiction to behave however I actually want, even though there could be judgment for it from God in the long run. I have liberty, if you want to say that, to do what the law permits, and I am free from unnecessary restraint. So, for instance, I could stand up here on the stage and do this. Okay, and you could go, okay, that's weird, but sure, you could do it, Eric. Okay, I have liberty to do it, and I could say, I have liberty! I can do this if I want. And all of you can say, okay, well, that's wonderful, Eric. However, say you're standing right here. And I'm like, I have liberty to do this. (laughs) No, I don't. You see, the moment you are involved is my liberty is removed. I don't have liberty to bop you in the nose. I have liberty to do this weird maneuver with my arm as long as I want, as long as it doesn't infringe upon your liberty, your jurisdiction, You see, your territory is what you're responsible for and I'm responsible for mine. As a Christian, we're trained by God to not just protect our jurisdiction but to respect each other's and to honor each other's. It's a strange thought uh, that we all have a jurisdiction known as the human body. Like our thought life is under our jurisdiction which means we're responsible for it. Now let me explain the word jurisdiction. Juris is like a classic... Uh, courtroom type of word like uh, it means judging to make decision okay and then uh, diction is speech so this is the uh, territory of decision over which you have say so what do you have say over uh well it could be your own body your own life when you're getting up in the morning it could be what you eat for breakfast right well, like, for instance, as your authority grows, you have say over a lot, and it increases, and you have to know how to wisely manage that. However, I shouldn't be telling you what to eat for breakfast. We always have a, an ongoing joke with certain people from our church when I take them out to coffee, and they get four shots of espresso, and I'll be like, that doesn't sound very healthy, and they'll sort of look at me like, I'm really glad that uh, it's not your jurisdiction to tell me uh, how, what I should have in my coffee. And it's like, hmm, I wonder if I should preach a sermon on that uh, and bring some deep conviction over those four shots of espresso. It's a joke, okay? In other words, I don't have jurisdiction over their four shots of espresso, even though I do have an enjoyable time making fun of it. But each of us has jurisdiction, but we need to know what territory we have say for. Because when you do, you know what you are responsible for, and that's very, very important in life. Hudson, do you remember this? Finding your summer spot. So, we're on our. We had a, a group of students coming over, uh, and uh, I was cleaning up the backyard, and there was this log that was sitting on our back porch, and it had blue chalk on it. And Hudson was, oh, I don't know, five or six, and and I was like, uh, oh, I remember, I took it and I stuck it around the side of the house where the logs were, right? And I was like, what is this? And then Hudson comes out in a panic and goes, "Where's my summer spot?" Where's my summer spot? I go, Your summer spot? Uh, What are you talking about, bud? He goes, It was a log with blue chalk on it. I go, Oh, that's your summer spot, huh? Uh, I go, Yeah, I put it around the side of the house. I go, What do you do with your summer spot? He goes, I sit on it and mind my own business. I was like, Boy, do we all need a summer spot? In other words, many of us are caught minding someone else's business. We are dealing in a territory that isn't ours. We need to know what is our territory and what is not our territory. Every single one of us needs to have a little log with some blue chalk on it and then sit down on it uh, and ponder for a while. Because many of us don't tend to our jurisdiction. That's where we need to start. What is our responsibility? And that starts with, okay, what is the Holy Spirit doing in my life to blow me <laughs> as, a, as a kite and to lift me up unto highest heights? My answer is yes to you, Holy Spirit. What are you doing in my life? Who am I submitted to? And how is that string holding me? And how can I submit properly and show proper faith and respect and honor in that? At the same time, how is the Holy Spirit leading me? That's our first jurisdiction. Let's tend to first things first. As new believers, as we're growing up, this becomes a very critical thing to recognize we must heed the Holy Spirit But always check our life and even what we believe the Holy Spirit is doing against the Word of God. And that's the string. At the same time, we have earthly authorities that God assigns to our life. It's usually starting with parents, and then it moves on to different people. And when we work in business, we have a boss. boss might even be an ungodly person. However, there's still a deference and a respect to that authority. And when we're in the church, there is a church leadership that it's important that we exercise that respect, that honor, that deference, that submission. So, our key terms for the day that I I outlined in the very beginning are authority, submission, and liberty. So, I'm hoping that you've caught what these are. Submission means to be put under, but not necessarily in a controlling way. A lot of us have this negative concept of submission. It means to pay heed. It means to uh, give uh, place to someone that you recognize they actually have the position by God jurisdictionally over you. And that's another interesting thought. When you come into a church, for instance, you recognize that there are those with jurisdiction, that that is their jurisdiction. That church is their responsibility. And if a wolf creeps into that church, they're responsible to kick it out. And so that's all part of understanding just how the church is put together. So I'm going to give you three scriptures here, and I want you to just notice that each one of these is going to reflect a different element of what I just said. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So the Holy Spirit, in the New Testament, over and over again, Paul is going to bring up the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to give you a gift. As a member of the body, he is going to equip you with something so that you can use it to bless the body. This is what I would liken to the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing into the kite. And so what should you, as the kite, do? You should go where it leads you. So if God has given you a gift, you're supposed to use it, okay? So this is also part of liberty. You are supposed to have liberty in the Holy Spirit to utilize that which you've been given, right? And yet there's some balancing elements to this. In Ephesians 6, now this is talking about uh, parents and their children. However, the principle is still uh, able to flow through all of the dimensions of authority and submission. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So there's a simple deference that is meant to be had to what we'll call the string. And so there's a tension here, and that is the Holy Spirit is going to blow into that kite, and yet that kite also needs to recognize that it's tethered. It's tied to something known as the Word of God, first and foremost. okay. And because sometimes we have parental situations which will actually say, like for instance, back in the day where you have uh, the the disciples that are being asked to not preach in the name of Jesus. And they say, what is it best for us to do, to obey you or to obey God? Uh, This is a tough one for us, guys, uh, because many of us have that struggle. What if where God is leading us is being hindered by the authority in our life. And they're saying, no, I don't want you to be a Christian. What should you do, not believe in Jesus? So these are difficult issues that many of us have faced in our lives, and yet we need to recognize that there is a tension in this, and it's very, very important to walk it with wisdom and with grace. So what we know is that when we ally ally with the truth, when we agree with God, when we agree with that tethering of the Word of God, it sets us free. So, how does a kite work? A kite works in full agreement with the wind and with the string. It, it doesn't just agree with the string, and it doesn't just agree with the wind. It agrees with both simultaneous, desiring there to be a harmony between the two. And you shall know the truth, and the sh- truth shall make you free. That true liberty. In other words, you may have legal liberty to do whatever you want in this body. Okay, and in, in our land. Our liberty is being ever increased. Uh, You know, it's like, well, you can marry someone of the same sex. You can do these various things. So legally, you could do it. And I legally do not have a right to infringe upon that, right? However, in the kingdom of heaven, our liberty flows from heaven to us, and it needs to be in agreement with the word of God. So yes, in light of the laws of our land, I could think dark thoughts in my head, and I would not be arrested. However, in the kingdom of heaven, that actually is a problem for me, and it allows for the spiritual powers of darkness. When I entertain dark thoughts, it allows for spiritual powers to encroach upon my life. And so God says, I want you to utilize that mind the way I commissioned you to, and I will give you grace to do it. So I want to teach you how to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and to be tethered to the word of God. and That's part of the balance of how we function as Christians. When God built the kite, He designed it for both the ability to fly high and the ability to submit low. So God intended us to mature to the highest heights, that we would reflect the grand nature of God Almighty, at the same time that we would be tethered low with humility to that string. You know, the string doesn't go up high. If it does, then there's something wrong. Uh, In other words, that still that that is being held by something that is on the ground. If you want to say it that way, so there's still a submission. It is low. It's humble. At the same time, it's meant to fly high. So in each one of these, I've mentioned this, and it's, it doesn't just bear repeating, Is the essence of how Christianity works. Christianity is not just a collection of facts and data that we agree with. It is a living thing. It is us giving up these bodies and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in so that the life we live is not our own. It is God's life. And so if your life, if you were to examine it, if you could say, how do I live my life? How do I functionally go about my day? How do I solve problems? How do I do my work? By what means are you doing it? Are you doing it by the power of God? Are you doing it by allowing God to actually be the, the source of your strength, the source of your wisdom, the source of the directing behind it, or is it you? Christianity is meant to be done as a living relationship with God Almighty. Just like a branch to a vine. If I were to ask that branch, so branch, how are you bearing this fruit? Well, I I guess I just sort of hang on to the vine for all my life and all it's worth. And what happens is the life of that vine comes into me and does all the work. That's actually the secret of Christianity. Christianity. And so just as a fresh reminder for all of us, Christianity is not meant to be something that we accomplish. It's meant to be something that he accomplished 2,000 years ago, and now he still accomplishes it in us. It is a work of Jesus. It is a work of God in us, through us. Our job is like that branch, to grab a hold of the vine, Jesus, and let his life come into us and work through us. So key exercises of the week. And again, every time I do this, I always think I probably need to do a review of all the others that I have given because there's a whole bunch now. This is the 10th one. So I've had 10 different exercises. If you were to see them all on a list, it's like a pretty impressive list of, yeah, yeah, that's needed. Oh, that's needed too. Yeah, that's needed. They're all very critical foundational things. And for all of us at a certain level, like for some of you, the younger ones in here, when I say coming under authority, it's like, well, I already am. I have parents, right? That doesn't mean you come under them. In other words, the fact that you have authority doesn't mean you're submitted to the authority. You ever seen someone who's just like, and yeah, they may do what their parents ask them to do, but they're sort of mumbling the whole time, and they get into their room and they're like, yeah, I'll show them See, that's not submission. That's not what God desires to cultivate in us. It's like the kite just sort of angry at the string the whole time. I want to go into that tree. If I want to fly into a tree, I should be allowed to fly into a tree. That's a dumb kite. Okay? That kite needs to recognize that that string holder knows something. Just like the word of God knows something for our life. And just like our parents know something for our life that we may not. And so parents oftentimes get a bad rap. Uh, nowadays you know kids are all brilliant and parents don't know anything that's you know what have you ever heard the term sophomore You guys ever heard that it's it's a it's an age that you reach in school it's like a year of school technically in high school okay what is that the 10th grade yeah and so you guys know what sophomore means right Uh, it comes from two uh, Greek words Sophia which means wisdom so all the sophomores like yeah and moronic which means moron idiot. So it actually means a moron who thinks he's wise. Isn't that funny? Can't you imagine whoever's like deciding like names for these things? They pick these Latin uh, terms and they're just like, "Uh, yeah, we'll call you a sophomore. Like, I like it. Uh, But actually, when you're young, you have a tendency to think yourself wise. It's called being wise in your own eyes. And when you think you're wise in your own eyes, you do not come under authority. So, the word of God in text, the Bible, it is true wisdom. And so what should we do? Not mutter and mumble and say, ah, we should submit to it. God, you know what's true. You know what's right. So yes, I believe it. When it comes to our parents, oh, boy. To submit and to say, you know what, God, thank you for what you've given me. The same thing is true at every juncture of our life. To come under authority is a discipline of the soul. And yes, authority can be abused. And yes, there are bad pictures of authority. Okay? And each of those does, sometimes requires some unique responses. Okay? So I'm not going to take that off the table. However, in a general sense, it is important for us to actually understand what it means to come under authority. All right, guys, let's uh, finish with prayer, and then we'll transition. Father, I ask that you would instruct us by your Holy Spirit in this truth. Lord, that each of us would be truly honorable in our souls in regards to the different dimensions that are working in us, and that is the work of grace and the work of the Holy Spirit to press us, to press us forward as missionaries, as givers of truth into this world. And also, Lord, that tension of the string and the authorities in our life. Lord, show us how we are to live. Teach us how the, this flight kind phenomenon works. Lord, show us in our own life where we need to heed your Holy Spirit's wind more. And teach us in our life where we need to submit and come under more. Lord, I pray that you would instruct us. I pray that you'd protect us as we walk this way because there's a lot of abuse of all of these things that I'm bringing up. But, Lord, you are safe. And when we come under your authority, when we submit to your word, when we submit to your Holy Spirit, when we submit to your headship over the church, we are safe. You are good. You are perfect in your leadership. And Lord, we ask that you would fly us as a kite and you would fly us high, up to the highest height, up where the air is clear, up into this atmosphere. Lord, we love you and we trust you and we submit to you with great expectation. It's in the great name of Jesus that we pray this. Amen. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the Spirit emboldened and brave. The Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellerslie campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon, live and in person. Thanks for listening.